0: Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Carraway. And Mr. Bates. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC flyweight.
1: Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get
0: it? Like MMA, but amazing? Amazing. Radio.
2: Welcome to It's an Amazing Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Law, and with me as always, DJ Mark. So, Also joining me this week, the legend himself, Lavender Gooms.
0: Four-time runner-up, Lavender Gooms, you, you mean. Uh, oh, no, he's Bobby, proud of it. As Bobby, you know, arrogantly uh, holds his championship belt on his, uh, on his shoulder...
2: Okay, if there's ever a time I can wear the championship belt, is like the weeks after I've just defended it successfully.
0: Well, let me tell you something. True champions, they don't go there flaunting their champions. I mean, I wouldn't know that. I was going to say, how would just you know? That's just what I've been
2: told. How would you know? You really, ste- you really Mike, first of all, we just don't step on the joke, okay? <laughs> it was laid out there for you, okay? You raggedy <laughs> bitch, okay? Get on board with this title reign, all right? Back to back. Back to back. Back to back. Okay, That's right. Sorry, I'm your champion, folks. Recognize. Well, anyway,
0: uh, a lot of happies uh, today. Obviously, a merry, a merry belated Christmas to to everyone. But sure. additionally, everyone we got who believes from...
2: in the one true Christ. The rest of That's us, right? You know, we all kind of live in this world. But <laughs> go ahead.
0: If if you're a heathen and a heretic, well, I guess a so happy holidays to you. However. A uh, couple good happies today. Happy National C- Candy Cane Day. All right, that's a nice one. A uh, National Boxing Day, but that's you know that's, that's some British shit. So you know we don't have to worry about that one. Uh National Thank You Note Day. Right. Speaking of which, okay, I still nice. gotta I still gotta get the Christmas cards out to my uh to my uh, janitors here in my building so that you know. It gives my appreciation, Mm -hmm. and for you little bitches out there, happy National Whiners Day! All right, (laughs) so let's remember, Mike. I'm just wondering, blinders on, and uh, you know, tamp out the haters, Mike. When do I
2: get my thank you note for the you know you thanking me for the you know lesson I taught you this year about you know trying to be good at you know the example I'm trying to set, being good at making picks, huh? These lessons weren't free. At least I get a thank you note. Can I get a $5 Uh, Starbucks gift card? Can I get me something? All right. It's in the mail.
0: And also, last but definitely not least, happy first day of Kwanzaa. And as a Huey Freeman Christmas taught us for the last 17 years, the tribe leader, which in this case would be Bobby, as he is the podcast moderator and host.
2: And your champion leads us in the Harambee cheer. So, Bobby, would you like to? No, nah, man, I made it all the way to the twenty-sixth of the year, not getting canceled. I'm good. Uh, I'm good, to ride. Riding got the rest of this year. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, let's just let's let's just try to keep that shit. Uh, let's just try to keep it on uh, the shit on the rails. Uh, you know, <laughs> a lot of ways it's gonna gone south this year. We've maintained this far. Um, yeah. Thank you guys all for uh, listening. This is our last show of uh, 2022. Um, Mm -hmm. Fittingly enough, this is going to be the uh, episode where we give out our year-end awards. We don't do a million different categories. We used to do more, um, but then we realized we didn't know how to differentiate shit sometimes. We're like, what the fuck's different between a performance or a knockout? What does that mean? huh? You know, What is a comeback? Then I learned nobody else knows these things either when Aljamain Sterling won Comeback of the Year because he came back from public ridicule. Again, it's not a real thing. Um, so we're going to do, you know, the standard, the best fights, the best knockouts, best subs, best fights, you know, best fighters. We're going to talk about that um, later in the show. Uh, first off, uh, we're gonna also going to um, also preview a little bit, best we can, because um, while I think we are decently familiar with the uh, Stars Bellator sending over to this card, um, the Ryzen ones, quite frankly, we are not, because I don't even know when Ryzen runs shows. I can't tell you the last time Ryzen ran a show. It says Ryzen 40. It's a lot of shows. And I feel I've gotten news about seven of them total. So, but Bellator and Ryzen are going to do a promotional battle. And fuck, man. It's nice to see. It's kind of stuff you'd like to see, you know, the you send your best, we send our best. Let's see what happens. So we're going to talk a little bit about that card. um, But first off, kind of leading the show off on a bit of a, a sad note. Um... Uh, on Christmas Eve, I believe, um, we found, I think it was Christmas Eve, we found out the news that tragically, Mm -hmm. um, Ultimate Fighter Season 1, uh, light heavyweight runner-up, uh, Stefan Bonner, um, had passed away tragically at the age of 45. Um, I don't know if we have a cause of death yet. Um, I don't, I didn't see anything. Um, at least when they first announced it. Um, Stefan had problems. Um, we all kind of saw that DUI because it was on a reality show too, which wasn't great. Um, he also his house burned down. And then at some point he didn't seem to be doing great because he'd fallen into the QAnon MAGA hole, you know, and beyond just being stupid about it. It seemed like he wasn't doing great there. And, um... Sean Strickland actually had something kind of poignant when he was talking about all these people who are sad today. They all knew he was sick. They all knew he had problems. And not a lot of people did anything to help him about it, help him. Um, which I guess is a conversation for another time. But I guess um Stefan Bonner, 45 years old, way too young, Marcus. But I guess it's hard to un- it's hard to, you know, diminish in any way this co- the man's contribution to uh, the UFC, and subsequently this sport. Um, I guess if you could just tell people why Stefan Bonner is as important as he is to the UFC history.
1: Uh, sure. Um, like you mentioned, he was the runner-up, the finalist of the light heavyweight division of the first season of The Ultimate Fighter. And, you know, his fight with Forrest Griffin literally was kind of a, a big key point, a turning point for the UFC in getting, you know, kind of the public domain backing. Essentially, you know, that fight, I mean... It, How Dana White kind of posed it was the fight was so good. It was one of those things where people that were watching were calling friends and telling them to turn on Spike TV and watch the fight. And it was. I mean, it was a fantastic fight, you know, for its time. And regardless, uh, it was just a good back and forth fight where both guys were really going after it. um, You know, and even the few times they went to the ground, it was just it was an exciting fight from bell to bell. Um, and you know, at the end of the fight, Forrest did get the decision, but uh, Dana came in and said that both guys would be uh, rewarded their coveted six-figure contract, which we later learned was like over the course of five years and was for a hundred thousand dollars. You're muted, Mike uh, Bob. Sorry.
2: I would say we also didn't know that subsequently, a lot of guys on the cast of these shows was just going to get fights. Right. Like, I mean, I think that first season also was so popular that like everybody got a UFC fight really it felt like um...
1: yeah and, and you know in a sport where i think the biggest you know difficulty is getting fans to kind of know who the fighters are you know having a promotional show like the ultimate fighter where you know people that were watching it got to know intimately these like you know 16 fighters to have them just be let loose and not you know capitalize on the popularity they built on that show would have would have been kind of you know silly but it also kind of undermined the whole thing of the whole contest of the show is like the guys that win are supposed to get you know, a contract for the UFC. Now it's a little bit more coveted. And, and those guys that do win, um, do tend to get, you know, higher quality fights and are promoted a little bit more than the guys who didn't, you know, go to the finals yeah, and mean, win.
2: we were also, we've, I know this show, we've also shit on the ultimate fighter for at least we've been doing this show 10 years. I think we've shit on the ultimate fighter for seven of those years, at least. Um, but we really can't like, I mean, Mike, you a fan of this sport without the, without the ultimate fighter honestly like is there any way mm, i mean because what got you in yes buddy?
0: Uh, no 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 I, I i would say yes i'm still a fan of the sport even without the ultimate fighter uh mainly because i lived with you for two years it's fair it would have so been as fast i hooker i or crook i would have gotten into the sport just from hanging out with you and you know actually having a genuine interest in the sport but definitely the ultimate fighter season heavyweights with kimbo is the thing that really got me in um But if we can just go back to speaking more specifically about Stefan Bonner and uh, one thing you touched on, Bobby, sorry, sorry to kind of sidetrack the the discussion, but um, specifically about what Sean Strickland said, and I can't believe I am going to say what I am about to say, but I agree with Sean Strickland. Uh I think Sean Strickland makes a lot of sense with what he said. Um, and I think it's because it fits in with my 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 thought process when it comes to when someone does pass um I haven't had this happen to me yet where it's like it's someone that passes that I don't particularly like or someone that had you know some views that I really don't uh, agree with but uh to paraphrase essentially what steph what uh what Sean Strickland was saying. Is that people knew Stefan Bonner had problems? People knew Steph, you know, the things Stefan Bonner was involved in. And what people have been doing since the 24th or 25th when he died is posting picture, you know, old pictures with him as if they were, you know, friends, and basically just doing it for clout, getting getting clicks. Um, and a lot of times I think that could be a very jaded point of view, but then other times, like in this case, where you know, you, if you know the the back history of Stephen Bonner's, like, okay, like, like Angela Angela Hill, like, there's no way you were like buddy buddy with 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 Stephen Bonner the way like you're making it out to seem like on your Instagram posts. So I don't know. I, I think for me, what's what Sean Strickland was trying to say is that's like. I don't know. Keep that same energy when 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 someone dies. Yeah. Like if you weren't if you weren't checking for them when they were alive, let's not act all like vaudeville and you know just hurt and you know like lamenting when when they're finally when yeah. Because
2: Mike, that's a, I mean it's a fair point. And like I remember reading like about like how Diego Sanchez really tried to help him apparently because his whole like his gym burned down and then he got addicted to opioids and there was a whole incident where Stefan was at a hospital and they wouldn't give him op- opioids because they don't want to keep giving. You know, you end, up on a, yep. you end up looking, you know, we've all seen those episodes of Scrubs, you know, yep. where they know what they're looking for. And like, you know, got arrested there and stuff. And like, yeah, you know, I mean, this isn't the same situation because we're talking about suicide as opposed to whatever whatever happened to Stefan, which 45 years old and die, you know. Um, but like um, the guy from the Ellen show I saw, I wasn't super familiar with him, but this guy from the Ellen show killed himself, um, self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head, died. Had a wife and three kids. And people saying, like, man, check on people. You know what I mean? Check on people. See how they're doing. I mean, in Stefan's case. I mean, in that case, people didn't know that guy was suffering. In this case, we all kind of knew Stefan Bonner wasn't doing great. Like, and, um, like I saw, like, a lot of wrestlers in the wrestling community. Wrestling community is always really good about this, by the way. Wrestling community, as bad as it is, really tries to rally on some stuff. But, like, you know, he was barely a wrestler. He was an Impact Wrestling, I felt, for, like, a couple months, you know? But, like, people talk about how much they enjoyed his performance and stuff. But, yeah, it's, you know, this guy uh, is in the UFC Hall of Fame. His fight is, right? It was kind of just treated as the greatest fight ever. And if you still said that's your favorite fight ever, or you think it's the best UFC fight ever, Marcus, I really wouldn't argue with you. It's fine. That's a perfectly reasonable fight to think is the best ever. Because sure. um, even just, you know, talk about the consequences of it where apparently they had 10 million people watching at one point. Um, cable TV used to be wild people, ratings-wise. Um, yeah, being on after wrestling really did a lot for them, by the way. Just a side note. But um, forever, Stefan Bonner will be linked to Forrest Griffin, and uh, he named his son Griffin. So that kid's name is Griffin Bonner. And he had a young son, and you know, as much as the UFC will talk about how important this fight was for them, Maybe, I don't know, if the Endeavor people give, people give two shits, but Dana certainly should. You know, maybe they can do something for the kid. Help him out, help out the, you know, his son a little bit, and make sure he's taken care of a little bit, given how important he's, he was. Mike, you wanted to say something? Uh, Just a quick thing. At least this is based off the
0: statement the UFC issued when he died on... First, he died on December 22nd, and the UFC, I guess, issued a statement a day or two later, probably okay. the day, next day. Um. I guess suggesting it was presumed he had died of a heart complication while at work.
2: Okay. Well, okay. Well, you, I mean, you normally don't have heart issues unless... Maybe it was congenital. I, I, I don't think, know. I think we can rule out maybe suicide or anything like no, that. No, no, yeah, of course. It's just, you know, the guy wasn't in a good place. Obviously. So. um, But, you know, yeah, hopefully they can do something for his family. You know, maybe, you know, Help them out, I mean, hell, someone dies, it's always expensive too. They can help out a little bit there. It'd probably be nice. But yeah, rest in peace to Stefan Bonner, provided us with lots of entertainment. Helped save a goddamn UFC pay-per-view too, man. You know, we all go back and look at that highlight of Anderson Silva murking him in the first round. That pay-per-view had no main event. That became the main event in less than fucking two weeks' notice. And, you know, he helped do that for them.
0: I will never forget in the lead-up to that fight just how tan Stefan Bonner was. Well,
2: then he tested positive for steroids, and he was like, yeah, I was about to go wrestle, like, professional wrestle. I did not think I was going to take a fight. Granted, you knew what was in your system, you know, obviously, but, like, still, like, man, help save a pay-per-view for this company, you know, in, in Brazil. You know, they, like, he, he's done a lot for them. You know, they, it'd be nice if they could help his family out. That's all. You know, specifically, if the UFC doesn't want to, Lorenzo Fertitta, you know. Dana White, the other Fertitta, I forgot his name, so, anyway, um, let's talk about this, uh, this Ryzen and Bellator card, um, I guess it's kind of cool, Marcus, first of all, that, like, we're trying to, I don't know, I got, I'm, I'm at two minds of this, buddy, because, like, I, there's times where I appreciate where we're just trying to pay homage to, like, pride and stuff, and the old times of MMA, you know, doing like a New Year's Eve card and stuff like that in Japan. Mm-hmm. And there's other times where I feel like Bellator's entire existence is telling you, hey man, remember how cool MMA was? It was like like 15 years ago. You know, we're going to try to do that with those exact same people all over again. Um, but in this case, I do like them doing a New Year's Eve show, which is, it was something that Pride would do, right? Pride would do New Year's Eve shows or was it just Dream started that? I'm trying to remember. Uh, yeah, I
1: mean, they, it, they technically weren't even like Pride events, necessarily. But, yeah, there, there were a lot of them were crossover between K1 yeah. and Pride. um, The shockwave events. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah.
2: So, they're going to do... A, we, they're going to do... I mean, Mike went to one of them for Ryzen, right? You went to... There was, like, a two-day thing. You went to one of the days, right? You said... Wasn't it?
0: That is correct.
2: I saw a roided-out Crow Cop. That's right. Um, But, yeah, Bellator and Ryzen, trying to keep that tradition alive. Ryzen, obviously... Japanese promotion, the largest Japanese promotion. Um, Bellator and Ryzen having a pretty decent relationship with fighters going back and forth. We've seen Horaguchi and Bellator. We've seen uh, Darian Caldwell over in uh, Ryzen. Uh, this one, this one is sending out the uh, what they got, man. Um, AJ McKee, the former featherweight champion of the world for uh, Bellator has taken on Huberto Roberto, um, Satoshi D'Souza, who's posted a 14-1 and record, and his only loss was to Johnny Case, who he just avenged that loss. Um, I think, is he a champ? Yeah, he's the Bellator Lightweight, he's the Ryzen Lightweight champion. Um, Marcus, you got anything on D'Souza? Because I don't, I'll be honest.
1: Uh, no, I mean, the Ryzen side, I'm I'm not super familiar with. But, I mean, what I would say is that, like... Bellator brought, I think, some of their more talented fighters um, mm. and, and not so much more of their, their aging, heavierweight division, which I would, would kind of make sense because I don't think Rising would have counterparts for them, anyways. But, like, at least on the Bellator side, you know, with AJ, Pitbull, um, Horiguchi, he was, he's, he's a Rising guy that had fought in Bellator. Um, I think he's fighting another rising guy but the the talent here is not too bad on the battle Tour side you know these are some high quality names obviously. yeah I mean
2: AJ's is barely a favorite over D'Souza too Um, Mike probably gives AJ a bit of a some confidence that the promotion I mean I don't know this is a man who was wanted a big he wanted a big pay raise and then lost his title probably doesn't hurt this man's negotiating stance that he's the main event and the guy who he lost his title to is the co-main event huh just in terms of stardom this question no comment he's, he's oh he's, that uh, was a question yeah i, thought, I said I, I was a question I thought, that, I thought that was just a comment no i was talking about the man being like he him being the va- main event of this card not while well, not a champion against the other promotions champion
0: no i i think that shows a lot of faith i mean um he was just a champ right before in, in the last fight and you know they're sending them all the way out to, to to Japan, you know, to to headline, uh, you know, uh, promotion versus promotion. So he's still a big name, uh, although oof it does suck a bit to be all the way out in Japan. Like it's not gonna be it's not gonna be live, you know. So
2: is it, I mean, can you watch this live? That was my next question. Like I know it's I like mean, five, I know it's like five in the morning I mean, for you and yeah. two in the morning for us, but like no, is it even available? Because I know it says uh, it's
1: on Showtime. The says, Ryzen versus Bellator part is supposed to be on Showtime, and then so how the events played out at least on Wikipedia is that there is a Bellator versus uh, Ryzen show, and that's going to be on Showtime, and it consists of five fights. Mm-hmm. There is a Ryzen forty, which is going to be on Fight TV, and that and that looks half decent. It has uh, John Dotson's in it fighting uh, mm-hmm. Tokoro. Um, and then there's an intermission and there's a bunch of fights on there that I'm not like Johnny Case, as you mentioned, who beat uh, D'Souza is on there. And there's also a fight, I think it looks like it's a special standing bout rules match with Hen Hiramato, who well, I don't know who that is, and they're fighting a mystery fight. Wait, so there's so fourteen so there's
2: fourteen be. MMA fights, and then there's other fights on top of that? Uh,
1: well there I mean a couple of these are because I think also uh, there's a kickboxing match in here too, but yeah. Well, how many fights are on this one? There's six on the inter on the intermission. There's four on the, uh, the Ryzen Forty. Yeah, so it looks like yeah, fifteen fights overall. Which I mean, okay. isn't too crazy. I mean, that's I think kind of standard affair for their big New Year's Eve events. They have lots of fights. They kind of throw a lot of stuff at the board. So,
2: I mean, okay, sure. Um, Pitbull, uh, aforementioned Pitbull in the co-main event of this card, taking on uh, Kleber Koike, Ertz, um, Kyoji Horiguchi. Someone that I, when he left the UFC, I think every single one of us was just like, they they probably should have kept him. Like he, we all. I mean, I mean, I don't think it was. This isn't patting ourselves on the back, Mark. We all thought this dude's a top five like guy. In the world, mm-hmm. and like he clearly is now. Like we all see it. Um, he's over there taking on who's he taking on? I lost the damn card. Uh, Ramaso Ogikugo. Yeah, he's fighting a rising guy, huh? Mm-hmm. But he yeah, was a rising. I mean, he was. Like he's a, a rising guy though. Like, he's a rising yeah. fighter though.
0: Wow, that's crazy. He
1: hasn't been in the UFC in over five years. It feels yeah. just like yesterday. Poor Gucci has been kind of going back and forth, though, for a while. Because he fought, like you mentioned before, he fought Uh Caldwell, was in Bellator. Then he fought Pettis, which he lost in Bellator. That he was also a sick fought, fight. Uh, Patchy Mix yeah. in Bellator, too. So his last fight was in Ryzen. The two before were Bellator. So, I mean, he's probably the fighter of any one of the two organizations that
2: has been bouncing back the most. Um, yeah, because there was a thing where, like, him and Caldwell fought. I thought they fought twice, though. Cause one time, I thought there no? was the whole thing where they're fighting for one guy's title, or they were oh, going yeah, to. They and, did, yeah. Because they, they fought for one guy's title in one country, and then they fought for the other dude's, They fought for the other guy's title in the other country.
0: They uh, he fought Caldwell in Ryzen fourteen on a yeah, right. New Year's Eve card in twenty eighteen, and then Beat he him twice, fought right? him in Bellator uh, six months later, June fourteenth of twenty nineteen where he won by unanimous decision.
2: Yeah, that's when he took his belt, and then he had to give up the belt, I think, because of basically the pandemic. And then, uh, yeah, I think...
1: Injury. Oh, okay. I
2: thought that was why. Then he ended up fighting Sergio, and that was a sick fight, and Sergio caught him at the end there, and that was pretty wonderful. Sergio ended up... Be... The lighter weight classes, I mean, when we talk about how good the UFC lightweight, lighter weight classes are, it really, it's across the board in the other companies, too. Those are their stronger weight classes. Um. And there's dudes coming up between Patchy Mix and you know <laughs> Sergio Pettis and all that stuff. Good stuff happening down there. Um, yeah. Um, I would like to watch this. I don't have Showtime though. Actually, no, I do have Showtime. Thank you, Mike. Um, I do have Showtime. Um, you know why I got why I got Showtime? Um, I it, it, it registered in my mind about a second yeah, later. Yeah, but um, I don't know if this is. I don't think they're gonna air it live on Showtime though. I think they're gonna air it at a set time. What does MMA Junkie say?
0: You seem to think that
2: Showtime has a lot to air at like
0: two in the morning your time or like five in the morning. My I just time. don't
2: know if it does better. They think than whatever fucking Twilight rerun Twilight movie I, they're playing. I'm pretty sure they'll just air it twice, bro. Like
1: once live and then again during prime time. When when they did it on yeah when they did it on HDNet it, they did air it live. Oh god, I love. And I think HDNet. for us it started at like eleven or something would go until like four.
2: So oh, it's a- it's
1: a long haul for sure, but I mean, yeah, I mean it, they they could do it at a, at a delayed time, but it's I think like Mike said. So showtime's going to air it via life.
2: tape delay. Oh, what a shame. Uh I think you can watch it on Fight TV. Look, just you know, you go visit your friend's VPNN, and, and you know, you go to a country where has Fight TV. Um speaking of that, by the way. And look, that was the best preview we could give you guys. Sorry. We don't know enough Ryzen fighters straight up. Okay. Uh, I mean, just, just to, to cap it off, I
1: think what's most fun about this is that like the rule sets drastically different. Oh yeah. Like, I mean, if you haven't seen Ryzen before it's, I mean, I, I don't think they ever fight in a cage anymore. I think that I think dream used to switch it's in a ring. There's kicks and knees to it. Are they using opponent.
2: the one rule set? No. They don't They do not do the thing where the ref has to. Okay. it. I don't, I think, I think, just, I think they you, got rid of that entirely in one. I think you can't do any soccer kicks in. I thought run. you could. I think you, I only, you I think can only. I do the knees. knees. You can't. Do, I think soccer. Yeah, maybe kicks, you can you do Risen. Maybe you can't do kicks anymore. Maybe in Ryzen um, you can though.
1: But I mean, that's. I think that's what makes it more interesting than anything else is like you. Especially for us, we don't see a lot of variations in rule sets. It's kind of a thing of the past, and at least Ryzen has has a different flavor you know, to it all.
2: I think also for me, the coolest thing is that it is, it exists. This card. I mean, Mike. Everybody wants to bitch about co promotion. This co promotion. That we want to see Pitbull versus. This motherfucker, I want to see AJ McKee versus that guy. I mean, they're the best they, they can do. This is the best anybody can do right now outside of the UFC. And like, these two guys sent what they had, man. They said, short yeah, of Nemkov, they sent what they had, like in the Young Stars. I,
0: I would agree. And I think, you know, these are the things you have to do when you're not the monolith that is the UFC. Mm. Um, this is a good way to get eyeballs onto your product, you know, like, hey, we're bringing our best boys. Well, not their best boys because none of these guys are champ. but you know what I mean. Uh, we're bringing our best boys Pitbull's and we're
1: fighting their best boys. Uh, yeah. Pitbull's a champ and the guy he's fighting is a champ.
0: Yeah. Okay, but the,
2: the rest of them aren't champs. You guys are really hamstringing me here. Come on, then. Fair enough. Sorry. Um, <laughs> all right. And, yeah, this is 15 bucks on Fight TV. That's not too bad. That's actually and a pretty good deal. Is, is that for the Bellator or is that for the Ryzen 40? Uh, I think that's for Bellator versus Ryzen. It's for writing. Okay. Uh, this is on Bloody. That's a, that's elbow, a good. So that's a good price. You might get the whole thing actually. You might get everything for fifteen bucks. I think they might just giving you the every the whole fucking thing. The bundle right there. That'd be nice. Well, they're saying that the event which is packaged won't. Sorry, the event which is packaged with Ryzen forty costs fourteen ninety nine. It's a good deal. I sure, love Fight no. TV. I just we I haven't mentioned this in a few months. Fight TV is my like one of my favorite things that exist. And as much as I hate Triller as a company. When they bought Fight TV, I became extremely invested in the success of their stupid company. So don't go away. Because my I have a fairly decent-sized AEW pay-per-view library there. Mike has one, too, actually, now that he thinks about it, probably. That's, you know, there's a few, in, a few of those in there. Um, Mike, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Now I was going to say
0: a small fun fact. Um, tickets at the Saitama Super Arena. Surprisingly cheap. I remember I got lower bowl, like um, what, seven rows, seven, eight rows back from the, like, from the ring,
2: It was like 50 bucks. Yeah, like, you're not, this is the, this is the, the Japanese MMA isn't exactly the healthy place right now either, buddy, let's just point <laughs> that out too. I think too,
1: when you're trying to sell 40,000 tickets, it's like,
2: well, it's, I don't think they have bucks. to, I think they scale it down, I think they can, like, they tarp it off, right, because sometimes they say Saitama's, like, it can, like, reading, like, it can go between, like, 10,000, like, and, like, 60,000, it's like, it depends they just like, yeah. I guess they just don't say they close the sections.
0: Mm-hmm. I was hobnobbing with Cyborg Santos. Okay. You know, she was in my row. Hobnobbing, huh? That's what it was. Well, hobnobbing meaning I was on one side talking with these two Americans who had been there for like 10 years and knew like two words of Japanese. And Cyborg was on the other side of the row. And I'm like, it's going to look too stalkerish if I go over there and ask for a picture. Is it? So.
2: You can make it in Japan. No, 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 no Japanese. You can well, when you live on an American base, yes. Okay. Fair enough. Um, speaking of uh your friend's VPNN, UFC pay-per-view price, guys. The annual thing. Well, it's not even a surprise anymore. They do it every year. And we went from $74.99 to $79.99, which they say allegedly ESPN sets the pay-per-view price, which that's fine. But, woo, 80 bucks, huh? And then, like, just... The UFC is going to pick up an extra $20 million a year, allegedly, possibly, from this. And the fighters are guaranteed not a fucking nickel of it. Woo, way to go. Way to go. That's
0: crazy, man. Like,
2: it wasn't it just, like, two years ago it was 60 bucks? No, you can do the math. It went up five bucks every year. So it started at whatever it was. Every year it's gone back five. So two years ago it was... Beginning of 2020, it was 70 bucks. So that is wild. Yeah. Um, but you know, while you're visiting your friends VPN, there's this place I've heard of. It's this club. It's called the Dot Club. It's a s it's the Sports Surge Dot Club. It's a hell of a club. Maybe look into that after your friends your, visit your friends VPN. Um Marcus, we've talked about it. This sport doesn't deserve the fans. this company doesn't deserve the fans it has. Like, just You just charge whatever you want. You move this sport from whatever. We've been on like seven different networks since watching this. Think about where we watched this sport. Justin, like Mike's been a fan since 2009, all right? So ballpark, right? That's when we started living together. 9, 10, let's go with that. The last 10 to 12 years. This is how many different places we've watched this this sport. Regular pay-per-view, okay? ESPN. ESPN Plus. ESPN fucking all the other channels. Um, Fox. A whole new channel was created. Fox Sports 1. Fox Sports 2. Fuel TV. Versus. Um, what was that? Ion channel? It was on Ion at one point. Um, Facebook. Fucking UFC Fight Pass. What I Did missing? you say Spike? Spike TV. I I missed Spike TV in there. Um, ABC? ABC. Fox? Fucking, uh, wasn't there one on like, uh, like Disney, some Disney channel? Or something? I'm making that up.
0: Ah, uh, you might be making that okay, right,
2: like or ABC or... Family movie. Okay, whatever. This sports fan base is so loyal. And do you think there's a point, Mark, where we're just like they won't be people won't be jerked around anymore? I mean, or do you think? I don't know. People are paying for this. I guess it's doing so well that they can raise the price, right? I mean, I mean
1: it, <laughs> it, it it's hard to imagine it'll be able to sustain this like five dollar increase indefinitely. It does. It does seem like it's just too much because eighty dollars. I. I I don't know why $80 just seems like that's too much for mm. five fights. You know, when you really break it down, because you can watch all the other prelims now essentially for free or if you have your ESPN Plus or what have you. So, you know, your pay-per-view, your $80 is essentially mostly – I mean, there's usually only five fights on the card. So when you really break it down, how much How much money is that per fight? 80, I uh,
2: 16 bucks, right? 16, that's $16, $16 to watch a fight. $16 dollars dollars for insane. watching a fight, yeah.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, and we've seen some of these cards. They're not worth it. You know, you might have a main event that is, like, you're really excited for, but it's hard to to really, when you're, when you're coming down to brass tacks, be like, each and every one of these is worth $16. Like, and, and what you know, $16 you You know, like, you?
2: sometimes, like, you'll hear, like, for a big boxing fight, this person's making this much, this person's making that much, and we don't know exactly, mm-hmm. right? But I True. feel that story comes out. So later on, when they tell you if you want to watch Tyson Fury versus, you know, fucking Deontay Wilder, it's going to be 75 bucks. You at least in your head are like, well, shit, man. Yeah, we got to give Deontay twenty mil. You know, we got to give Tyson. 30 million. Well, like, yeah. like,
0: I've like, I've always reserved. I've always reserved like an eighty dollar pay per view price for like, all right. So Mayweather's fighting, right? Or yeah. like Canelo. Like, so is, like that's like the price for like some huge boxing event where yeah. it's like, all right, whose house am I going to? Because there's no way I'm paying eighty dollars for an, a pay per view event.
2: Well, because right. literally, I mean, the main evented a pay per view last month. The last pay per view they main evented was Ankalayev and, um. Jan, right, Jan Blahovic right, like that was the main event of the pay per view. Like, sure. what is like, what is the math you're doing in everybody's head? Where like, you had to charge seventy five bucks because not as there's no chance those two men combined made six made like made a million dollars, right? There's no there's not a prayer that they made a, those those two dudes made a million dollars for that title fight, right? Like, I don't know, man. You like Mark Mike's pointing out Mayweather. Mayweather, we know how much money he was making. Maybe that's part of it. But like, what what were the pay per view part? Like, what was the pay per view price like well, for, before? Like boxing, a standard one hundred and fifty bucks. It makes
1: for for boxing sometimes it makes sense because, like you said, you have a high caliber star that people are interested in, and 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 not being boxing fans, it definitely seems like for us on the outside, it's like well, every now and then a big event will come up. Uh, Mayweather's fighting, Tyson Fury's fighting, Canelo's fighting, and. There's going to be a pay-per-view and it's going to have a heavy price tag. But those, you know, at least on the outside looking in, look, seem few and far between. What the UFC is asking for is, like, we're going to have a pay-per-view card every month. It's going to be $80, which seems, you know, astronomically high. And the cards probably won't be worth it. In, in my eyes, you know, seeing how most of these pay-per-view cards have lined up, it's either it's not going to be worth it on paper or it's not going to be worth it after the fact. You know, we've definitely seen some cards, even when they're stacked, and it seems like, oh, this is going to be, you know, a really high quality pay-per-view card. All these are known fighters that seem like they're going to match up well. Maybe the fights don't turn out well. And at the end of the evening, you know, when you have a disappointing card or the main event tends to be a snoozer and you're looking at your bill of $80, I think that might be that pill is going to get harder and harder to swallow. So it'll be interesting to see how long the fan base continues to keep up with the $5 trinks so I think for us, you know, in the last couple of years, we've definitely stopped buying as many pay-per-views. And, you know, if, if you're willing to search other avenues, there's ways to watch these fights either live or after the fact without well, having to. You know, fuck, about. man.
2: Maybe if you don't cut a motherfucker on Christmas, on the day you announced the $5 price increase, when he. What, what was. What was Deron Wynn's crime here, guys? He busted his ass in, on their stairs and got a concussion and had to pull out of a fight. And they uh, cut him. I know Deron Wynn is a massively undersized middleweight who maybe wasn't meant. To be in the UFC. Talent wise but. Maybe we do- yeah maybe we don't cut him. Off of what. I don't know man. Mike feels like you are going to so get sued. <laughs> if
0: if we can do a little experiment. Right on. Mind you I know this is hindsight is 2020. But let's play a little game of. Past cards. Would they be worth 80 bucks. So I think. The last numbered card we just had, Blahovich versus Ankalayev,
2: no. Right? Would you guys agree with that? Well, the, I mean, with hindsight or just going into it? With hindsight, yeah. Well, with hindsight, I mean, I don't think it's hindsight even the way you can do it. You got to justify it beforehand. You got to think, all right, did so they like, promotionally? So let's,
0: play, let's play a two-leg game then. A two-leg game then.
2: because All right. So with hindsight and foresight, going into it, would you have paid 80 bucks? I wouldn't have. No, because they fucking invented a title fight out of this thin air, and they did try to— yeah, no, mm-hmm. you can't. That, tra- that one was a zoo. That yeah, one was a zoo. Yeah, I mean, also charging, Mike charging the same one amount for every one of these. Also, is wild when some of them have three title fights and some have fucking one. They made up. Yeah, there's also that. But that go is ahead. that yeah. is yeah. that is
0: also why Mayweather can charge. What eighty? So mm-hmm. I think it was a hundred for mm-hmm. the Mayweather-McGregor uh, fight, and for some of these charging eighties. So I, I agree with you on that. There, there should be a. Are we asking scale. if like, these guys almost
2: acknowledging like, yo, this is a shit card, but please buy it? Mike, are we asking if these are worth seventy-five or eighty? Just out of curiosity. Eighty. Okay. All right. Uh, UFC two eighty-one. Yeah. versus pajeda Yeah. I oh, mean,
0: shit, we paid six
2: hundred. Yeah, so. I was gonna say there's two title fights, of actual real title fights. Okay. Right. Like Carla was say what you will about what her title and she was the champion. Whaley, number one contender, fucking Pereira, and uh, you, know, you know you had uh, Powtan and uh, Izzy. Fucking story right there. You had Chid Poirier Chandler. You had Frankie's retirement fight. You had Dan Hooker and Claudia Puyas Both guys some young talent in that division. Yeah, I think that was that was worth it. Marcus, you think so too? Like, I mean, I think promotionally they beforehand justified what would be that kind of pay per view cost. I think they did.
1: It's Sure. I mean, I didn't pay for it. I mean, you guys paid a lot of money to see it live, right? Yeah. But when it was my decision to, oh, do I want to see this live for $75? No. Yeah, like, I think I'm not paying for forward, 75
2: bucks for myself. That's it. Well, <laughs> right. And I,
1: I think that is something that, you know, th- these are the hurdles they have to face. Like, yeah, if you have a stellar card with a lot of hype around it, with a lot of, you know, belts on the line and on a personal level, if you are going to watch it with a bunch of people, which the UFC used to market itself as like, Oh, well, you know, it's 50 bucks it's 60 bucks, but you get a couple of your guys over. And then, you know, it's only $10 a pop. And what's $10 yeah, for where, a night? Where, where we, wait,
2: what was the discount for the, we having all of our friends over during a goddamn pandemic. How about that? Uh- sure. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, all, all that being
1: said is like, that used to be a big marketing poise. Like, look at the pay-per-views are 50 bucks. And it used to be the, the counter, uh, you know argument was well it's not as, as expensive as boxing now we're closely catching up to that and then the other argument was like well you know you get a bunch of buddies around you know it, it's for a night of entertainment it's not that much but as it's increasing it's becoming more and more difficult to sell that so I mean will there be some cards that maybe we personally will buy and watch together potentially you know I, I do feel like there's still enough star power and in, 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 on our part interest to warrant potentially paying that much money but as as a po- as, as a group of friends that does a podcast about the sport i think it's somewhat indicative that we are not willing to spend that m- much money to do that for every event right and we, we all have ways to watch these fights without having to pay you know whether it's scrupulous or not so I, I do feel like there has to be you know when they're doing their marketing they have to figure out at some point like there has to be a roof. I, I can't it's yeah, hard to imagine wait, they're gonna be able just to do I point this out there five dollars.
2: Th- this isn't pumping ourselves up. None of us we all have money to pay for a pay for a pay have to pay per view once a month and not affect our standard of living on any level. Would that be a fair assessment? Like we sure, could all sure. pay we all can afford to do this. And for some of us it's our favorite sport. And Mark, and if not that, Mark pointed out we would do a fucking podcast. We spent we do this for free. It costs us money. To do this. Mm -hmm. We pay money every year to do this, all right? Like, this is... We don't buy all these pay-per-views. Probably... Look, look, if you told me if I bought Glover Teixeira versus Jamal Hill next month, that, like, of my 80 bucks, like, Glover was getting 10 of them, and Jamal was getting 10 of them, and Moreno was getting 10 of them, and Figueroa was getting 10 of them, and and you pitched Neil Magny 3 or 4 bucks... you know what I mean? Like if I knew if I was confident anywhere near the amount of money they're getting for these was going to these fighters and I know I'm the guy who's been saying I don't think care if the fighters make more money or don't make more money. I'm not going to I'm not going to knowingly give money to these to these corrupt motherfuckers though. Like let's just you know what I mean? Like it optically and nothing they're doing feels good. <laughs> well, to be fair, that that
1: wouldn't really change much for me cuz now we know m- more about the fighters and maybe we want to. And yeah. then sometimes on some of these cards, maybe it's like, well, I don't want to know how much, I mean, one, the organization we're not in good standings with, cause I don't, we don't like who politically they've backed in the past, but now I know a bunch of fighters are similarly aligned. So maybe it's, you know, it's like, well, I don't, Wherever the money goes, it's not bunch going to work. Tories, right?
2: yeah, Bunch I mean, of like, fucking Tories, right? Bunch of fucking
1: Tories. <laughs> what if there's a card where it's a bunch of racist assholes? It's like, well, but I still want to see but the, the, thing, like, get I the mean, shit out
2: of each other and have a good this, like this is This is an excellent card. I'm looking at it. This next pay-per-view, Glover versus Jamal Hill. It's a stupid fucking title fight, but I'm excited to see if Jamal Hill can become a world champion, and if not, old man Glover winning in Brazil would be cool. All right? Still. Figueroa and Moreno are going to have their fourth good fight. Right? Like, I think we've established they can't have a bad fight. Like, they, they, they can't not have a good fight, is what we've learned, quite frankly. Um, Burns and is awesome. Shout out to Magny calling out Gilbert Burns. It's not any, no one does that. Um, Jessica and Lauren Murphy. It's just some mean women. That's what that is. It's mean women pummeling each other. Shogun's retirement fight. Paul Craig versus Johnny Walker. Some stuff, man. This is not bad. I don't know what I I said. Six fights, because I'm assuming... I don't know. Maybe Shogun gets on pay-per-view. You know. Maybe he doesn't. But... Anyway. Another year. UFC... Go ahead. You know what? Uh, The UFC fighters can get 18% of the extra five bucks. So... They get a little bit less than a buck, huh, Mike? Huh? On this... uh, (laughs) The UFC doesn't even get that entire cut. They get half of that, probably. So, they're getting, like... You have the fighters can get about 50 cents on that uh, $2 and
0: 50 cents. Like, like Mark said, much how like we weren't paying for a lot of cards at 75 bucks a pop, we'll continue to not pay for them at 80 bucks a pop. Hey, man,
2: we are UFC Fight Pass subscribers, though. We just want to point that out. And also,
0: we pay for every card. Forget everything we just said.
2: Yeah, that's definitely what happens. I just, you know, you just, man, you just go on Twitter. People are just, like, air showing clips of every finish about 14 seconds after it's over. Yeah. These kids are you can undefeated. Find, you can find the fights. Look, yeah. at, at the end of the night, if you want to find the fights, you can find them. Yeah, it's called somewhere. the top of Reddit. The top post. <sighs> there you go. Yeah. And then all the mirrors are in the comments. You know why people hate Brendan Schaub? The What kicked it all off was Brendan narked out uh, r slash uh, MMA streams. Like, mm-hmm. he went on his podcast and narked out the number one place people were pulling MMA streams from. And then people realized, "Fuck this dude, Mike." That was his one mistake at first. He's made many since. Like anytime he says Ariel Helwani's mouth, apparently, is bad for him. Uh, but like <laughs> in general, <laughs> that's what did it. Uh, fuck it, man. Let's do that's. Let's say let's do our end of the year stuff. Um, yeah, I say we end with fight of the year because sure. I think that is in spirit of what I think is most important. Ultimately, best fight of the year. Um. Let's start it off with the, I think is going to be a decent debate here, guys. Best male fighter. All right. And these are some of the nominees I put together. Um, just looking around the internet and checking records and, you know, stuff like that. Um, we got um, Alex Volkanovsky, the current UFC featherweight champion of the world and the number one pound for pound powder fighter. Pretty much on everybody's list at this point. Um, some people have Islam at the top, don't understand those people. Um, Alexander Volkanovski went 2-0 this year, um, with wins over, uh, he beat the shit out of the Zombie and Max Holloway, Jesus. Yeah, those two people. Beat Max Max Holloway's ass in that third fight. Probably the biggest ass-whooping Max has taken. Um, definitely since when Max, I mean, because Max got beat up in that Dustin Poirier fight a little bit in the first round, I thought. Well, a lot in the first round. But this fight was just a sustained five-round ass-whooping by Alex Volkanovsky that left no doubt. Um, another uh, nominee, I'd say, Alex Poatan Pereira, who went 3-0. Um, got himself a decision win over Bruno Silva. Bruno surviving that fight looking even better with every day. Um, knocking out Sean Strickland and knocking out uh, Israel Adesanya. Izzy was at the top of some people's pound-for-pound list at the time, too. Um, Islam Mahachev, um, went 2-0 this year, um, with wins over, I'm not gonna do this for everybody's podcast, it's gonna be too long, Bobby Green and, uh, Charles Oliveira, that second fight, winning him the world championship, uh, Aljamain Sterling came back after coming back from ridicule to beat Peter Yan, and then, um, speaking of, by the way, charging people 75 bucks, woo, I paid for Aljamain Sterling and TJ Dillashaw, and TJ Dillashaw did that. Would not have been happy about that. Beat TJ Dillashaw pretty one-handed, uh, pretty handedly there. And then uh, finally Patty Pimblett went 3-0 this year. Um, two performance bonuses. Both of those submission of the night, I think. Um, made his pay-per-view debut successfully. Not in the greatest way. Um, other people you could talk about. Leon Edwards, what he did. Um, Figueroa getting his belt back. Chimaev two wins. A lot of guys this year. Um, Mike, I'm going to go with you first. Who is your male fighter of the year? Uh, for me, it's gonna be Alice
0: Pajeda, mainly because I don't think there's any way in hell he's gonna be a nominee in next year's. Um, you gotta give the guy his roses for what he did this year. He beat a really good guy in, in Sean Strickland, uh, and also he beat, as you mentioned, someone who was number one pound for pound on you know a fair amount of people's a uh, fair amount of people's list, uh, Israel Adesanya. Um, I think you got to give him a lot of credit for that. Um, it's not every day that a very dominant champ such as Izzy uh, loses and loses in the fashion that he did. So I'm going to give it up a
2: hater. Yeah. Mark. Yeah, I'm And actually, also, I'm- uh, because we're already at 47, 48 minutes, if you're going to pick someone someone else has picked, just try to add on to whatever they say so we're not just repeating ourselves as usual. But Go ahead, Marcus.
1: Yeah, no, I, I'm of the same uh, mind with Mike. I was going to pick uh, Pereira as well. Um, I mean, one, I do think, you know, he had a number of fights. He had three fights this year, which is which is a pretty busy schedule. Um, and I think he – I think they mentioned it on the broadcast. He, It wasn't that he had the least amount of fights to getting to a championship because I think Brock beat him there because I think Brock only had a couple fights before he got a belt. But Pereira is definitely up there. So I, I, I did find it to be very impressive and also like Mike stated – We'll give him a shine this year because we're going to talk next week about where we think the future lies. It would be potentially he could win it two years in a row because if he maintains this belt at the end of next
2: year, I would If be he has to beat shocked. the two people he's going to have to beat to still be champion, yeah, he, uh, yeah. <laughs> there's there's yeah, two in his uh, game.
0: First dude that wrestles with him, he's done.
2: Uh, <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Um, I think it's a two-horse race. I thought it was just two Alex's this year. Those are the only real two people for me, in my opinion and i was just looking at a share dog poll that is pretty much just like 33% each of them and then like 20% of like islam but um i got i'm going to take alexander the great volkanovsky um man's got this isn't i mean th- he got two wins um and i for me it was him or poaton there those that was as i mentioned the two horse race the way he beat max Holloway's ass um in that third fight really I know he had beat him twice already. And the second fight, a lot of people, including us, we thought Max won, I remember, the second fight. Alex didn't want to leave a doubt in that third fight. And he just beat him up, five rounds of it, showed he's the best featherweight in the world. Um, Before that, beat up the zombie. It's what you do when they give you a fighter that's overmatched. He he performs the way you're supposed to perform. Um, And the man's the best pound-for-pound fighter in the world, and he called out the lightweight champion. That's some fucking... Some fucking goat shit he's going for this year, man. But yeah, it was those two guys for me. I was a coin flip. Um, quite frankly, there was a part of me that thought if you guys both picked one, which you did, I was definitely going to pick the other. But I assumed, I kind of thought that, uh, Mike was going to pick Pajeda. So I don't know why I had it in my head. Um, female fighter of the year. I'm not going to go through it as much. I'm just going to talk about a couple wins, how many wins they got, it looks like. Um, Valentina Shevchenko, um, Two wins in, I'm oh, sorry, one win in 2022, one that split over Talia Santos. Wei Li Zhang, um, one win, in, two wins in 2022, uh, took care of Joana Champion and Carlos Barza, both in the second round. Amanda Nunes, um, one fight in 2022, got her title back. Um, uh, Maran Mehr, uh, Fiorat, um, two wins in 2022, um, and three canceled fights in the middle there, too. Um, Aaron Blanchfield, I think, got two. I don't have it. I don't, it closed. Um, Aaron Blanchfield uh, in two thousand twenty-two, uh, two wins for her as well. Um, I'm gonna go first, and it's weird to do this for someone who has one fight. Uh, Amanda Nunes. It is so rare, even though we see a lot. We talked about it when it happened. When they do a, a rematches after someone lost their title, and they get a rematch. It is extremely rare for that if that person lost their title to win it back in the next fight. It has happened like two times, um, and like one of them is like Randy Couture winning it back from Vitor when Vitor won like an eye cut, like, like cutting his eye. Um, there was another one too in there, but um, GSP no, no GSP had a fight in between. GSP right. had a fight in between. Um, there's a couple. There was another one in there. It's extremely rare. There was a lot of like <clears throat> she looked. Not great. And when she lost that title, it did not look good. She made a lot of dumb mistakes. And then, like, you know, we heard a lot, you hear a lot of stuff when someone loses their title. I had a bad camp, this. I was injured, that. Uh, But Juliana got her ass whooped here for five rounds. And every one of Amanda's excuses started to seem real reasonable to people, quite frankly. It was a wonderful performance. I was so impressed with her. I don't think this year, I felt it was pretty open, quite frankly. Um, I'm like, in retrospect, I mean, Valentina. She got out of her title win with the skin of her teeth. Um, I thought Whaley had a good year also. Um, the two wins there. Um, I think I think uh, Molly McCann would have been up here if she didn't get just Molly Whopped. But I think Faroad and uh, Blanchfield, those people coming up in the divisions, looked really good too. But for me, I went Amanda Nunes just because of it was more than just one win. She was kind of like, I think if she'd lost that again, we were just done. You know what I mean? I think we were not. She was just done, done at that point. Um, And um, Juliana Pena calling for a third fight. could just... No, we don't need that. It's not necessary. So, yeah, I got Amanda Nunes. Mike, what do you got? Erin Blanchfield.
0: I am looking forward to seeing what she does in 2023. Only 23 years old. So, she might be the future of the division. But that doesn't mean she's winning Female Fighter of the Year. Uh, for me, it's going to be Nunez as, as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, personally, because, you know, I'm not a huge fan of uh, Juliana Pena and <laughs> her, her big ass mouth. Uh-huh. So I'm kind of happy that, a Ama- no, not kind of, I am ecstatic. Let me make sure I make my feelings really felt and say it with my chest. I am ecstatic that Amanda Nunez was able to shut her up. She's a bit too, all right? She's what we like to call a sore winner, okay? She's just out here just being super toxic and, you know, I don't like it. I don't like it. Do not like it. Anyway,
2: that's all I got. Marcus, who do you got
1: this year? Yeah, I think this year and in, in the past couple years, it's been tough because we have a couple divisions where we've we've had an extremely dominant champions in Valentina and Amanda, and a lot of times it is between them And then, you know, at the lower weight class, it's kind of a rotating door of, you know, these two to three, four different women that have kind of been trading the belt back and forth. Um, But I feel like for this year in particular, I am going with uh, Weili Zhang. Um, She had two finishes. They were both pretty impressive performances. And I think for Amanda, what makes it a little less, you know, I, I, I did think she was better than Pena. It was surprising when Pena beat her. And, you know, I, I think the statistic of, you know, rematches not going particularly well is because, you know, a lot of times when the champion loses, more often than not it is because a better competitor, a better fighter has climbed the ranks and has dethroned them. But every now and then, you know, sometimes because of the nature of the sport, you know, a lesser combatant can win, whether you're having an off night, you make a, a small mistake. Um, and when, you know, the returning champion who's been very dominant comes back, they're able to reassess and, and get their title back fairly easily. You know, like you said, Matt Serra, uh, the Belford, uh, Couture fight. You know, Sometimes these kind of upsets happen, and then when the champions get a chance at redemption, they're able to do so because we kind of always knew they were just a little bit better than their competitor. And I think that's kind of what I saw with Amanda Nunes um, and Pena. And, and for Wei Ling, it was like, look, she had to fight Joanna Champion again. They fought in before. I think this performance was even more impressive, but I think you can also kind of, you know, Joanna said this is going to be her last fight, so maybe she had a foot out of the door. Um, and then she had a fight, uh, Carla Esparza, which could have been a difficult fight for her stylistically because Carla is such a strong wrestler, but she seemed extremely good in the scrambles and even better than Carla in that regard. And on the feet, she was very dangerous. So I think she had a really good year. But it, this year overall was difficult to find a front runner because, you know, we have the same names up here. And it. Amanda didn't fight that much. Valentina's last fight was, like you said, Bobby, like she barely got by. A lot of people thought she potentially might have lost that fight. So it is one of those things, like, I don't think we had a really strong winner, but I thought Whaling did pretty good, considering.
2: Yep. Um, Knockout of the year. Uh, We got a lot of good... There was a good year for knockouts, guys. There were people through some wild shit. Uh, Chandler front for Tony Ferguson... Uh, Molly McCann with that spinning back fist on Carolina we talked about Tapuria folding uh, Jai Herbert up like a lawn chair uh, a couple weeks ago uh, Marlon Vera broke Dominic Cruz's nose for me though um, this was, there was no doubt for me on this one um, Leon Edwards is down four rounds, not just down four rounds he was down four rounds and the entirety of that fucking fifth round until he and until he wasn't, and he won, um, fifth round of a title fight, um, a title fight they didn't want to give you, a title fight that wasn't that good, quite frankly, and left high kick, boom, new champion, Leon Edwards does it, man, Leon Edwards does it, shocks the whole goddamn world. I didn't. It took a minute for me to, I was watching it, and it took up like a moment for me to register what happened. And I thought for a moment, I'm like, well, okay, someone got knocked out. Leon got knocked out. No, nope, No, no. Leon didn't get knocked out. Kamar Usman got knocked out. Knocked him out. Um, Kamar Usman didn't know what the, doesn't remember shit what happened, apparently. For like, he was on Rogan's podcast talking about it. Like, he didn't know what happened for like, like, the, like the ambulance ride. He didn't remember that at all. Um, that was incredible, man. That was incredible, Leon Edwards. They did not. They don't. I don't think they liked it. he's their champion. Let me tell you that right now. Um, but I. That was the, one of the greatest things I've ever seen. I mean, we could have done a whole thing on comeback of the year this year. There was a lot of cool ones. Paehera doing. Pehera, Pehera getting one in there, um, also. But this was one of the greatest things. It was one of the greatest moments. You know, I thought in this sport. Not that I'm like I, I'm a big Kamaru Usman guy too. But like that was that was amazing by Leon Edwards. Um, that was my knockout of the year, Mark. Who do you have?
1: Um, I'm with you. For me, when it comes to these best knockout submissions and fights, I, I, I tend to take the importance of you know what, what's potentially maybe on stake out and just look at the aesthetics of the fight in and of itself. So this being a title fight necessarily wasn't you know a big pushing point, but it was really and mostly for especially for KO in submission, I really normally would look to something that was the most unique way to finish the fight Mm. in that way and and usually for these kind of categories i try to find something that is like i hadn't seen before and there i mean there absolutely probably was some fight somewhere where someone did like a rolling thunder and got a knockout or some crazy shit that happens almost every did you
2: see that Someone did a Rolling I mean, Thunder I, this weekend in a... Um, I mean, it ha- Bobby, it happens all the time. And <laughs> like, a, like, a, people did a fucking Rolling Thunder knocked the motherfucker out. Like, it was I, yeah. wild. I, mean, I, I have no doubts. <laughs> there are so many
1: fights Mark is that not impressed by that. Dude, Rolling Thunder is so cool. It's still impressive. We just don't see it, you know, at, at the highest level. Um, so it's just hard to keep track of every knockout, you know. And, and if I was watching every single fight, it probably would be someone doing a drop kick or something that, you know, something very unique and, and we hadn't seen before. I'm still giving it to Edwards and Usman mostly because when it just comes down to, okay, just looking at the high-level knockouts that we have, and if there wasn't a particularly unique strike, uh, how the knockout was kind of presented to you or how it ended up can also get you a lot of points. So Chandler Ferguson was definitely up there because we got that great still image where it looked like uh, Ferguson had the bitter beer face where his whole face was molded by that kick and it looked like he was an 80-year-old man. Uh, But I thought what was even more violent was how Usman got knocked out and his eyes were still open, like Ooh. looking up to the ceiling um, and, and the kick itself. And and then all, and then you can add on all the histrionics yeah. to it. You know, this being the fifth round of a fight, he was losing badly. This being a guy that has been highly rated for a really long time, that it seemed like a lot of people were dodging or just weren't interested in fighting him. You know, there's a lot of that kind of swirling around here that kind of elevates the moment in and of itself. But when we're just talking about the knockout, he blasted him with a left high kick and his eyes looked up in the ceiling, um, you know, in disbelief as many of the audience was too, and just the outcome of that. So I'm giving it to them as well.
2: I really like the video on Henry Cejudo's stupid YouTube of him sitting there with uh, like all the other dominance MMA because uh, Kamaro's manager is Ali Abdelaziz. So, he- so he's also Henry's manager and a bunch of fighters. They're all sitting in this mm-hmm. section. Literally Henry turns to Ali and goes, Ali, easy money. And then like a minute later. Boom, and Ali's just head is down, and Henry's just doing the look of, like, shouldn't have said anything. Um, yeah. Great video. Excellent video right there. Um, yeah, Mike, who do you got from Knockout of the Year?
0: Uh, we're going to be sweeping this one. It's going to be uh, Edwards, uh, Edward Deuceman. Uh The only thing I'm going to add, because you guys have done a great job covering it, it was the corner work between the fourth and the fifth round where, look, man, I have said this for as long as I have known British people existed. Everything just sounds better in a British accent. And hearing Leon Edwards' Cornerman, you know, implore him and tell him, you know, like, hey, you got to go.
2: You got to go. Stop. It was, like a, it was like a high thing. the guy was like pr- cracking his voice like he was 13 years old come on mate <laughs> like that type of thing
0: just, just, just hearing that and then knowing what's gonna happen you know not too long after that it's, it's the stuff of movies
2: yeah very cool um, yeah and we didn't mention this one I didn't mention it also when Johnny Walker cracked um, homeboy uh, Johnny Walker uh, no sorry when Johnny Walker got cracked um, by that overhand right, um, at the hands of Jamal Hill, I think it was, that was a pretty badass one too. Um, yeah, lo- it was a good year for people getting fucked up, honestly. Yeah. It was a good the year. Ty for-
1: and Derek Lewis had a good one, Ty knocked him out with a standing oh, elbow. There was, was a lot good. of,
2: yeah. And what when Wei Li beat Joanna with a spinning backfist, it was mm-hmm. that too, you know? Um, I mean, hell, Sean Strickland, he knocked out, was pretty entertaining. But yeah, um, all right. Uh, submission of the year. Submission of the year is always real wild. Um, and uh, we got Paul Craig doing Paul Craig things to Nikita Krylov. Sure. It's hard for Paul Craig to stand out with these guys. Um, Stevie Ray hit Anthony Pettis with a twister. That was pretty badass. It was a really good fight I, too. Was it a twister? Yeah, I don't think because I thought he got a body triangle on him and just flattened but he got him with him the thing. I thought okay, people are calling it a twister. Um, that wild rear naked choke that Carla ended up in at the hands of Wei Lee, which mm-hmm. really felt like positional mistakes that put them both in that situation. Um, I was, well, I never, I'd like, I don't think I'd ever seen that position land in that way, how they got there. Right. Um, Yuri Prohastra beating Glover Teixeira with a rear naked choke. Like anybody had that fucking, I know what? I had a lot of bets on that fight and I had a lot of outcomes covered. And the one I did not have covered was literally that one. And then um, Jessica Andrade went farm girl strength with the standing arm triangle on Amanda Lemos. Um, where are you going long? That was my pick. I thought that was really cool, the standing arm triangle by Andrade on and Lemos. That's what I got. Mike, what do you got? Any year there's a twister,
0: I'm going to go with the twister.
2: Even if the, we got controversy about the quality of the
0: twister?
1: I don't care. Twister's a twister, is a twister. Marcus? We'll, 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 check, we'll check the tape because, I, I mean— and I would still give it to Stevie Ray. Yeah, I mean, I'm not giving it to Stevie Ray, but the submission that I think he got was basically like a back injury submission where he has a triangle, but he flattens him out and you kind of just arc his back. I think I'll look up because maybe, well, maybe it was a twist and I was completely off. Um, I'm going to give it to um, Glover and uh, Yuri just because, and it's not, again, it's not even like there was no the hooks in itself. There was none- yeah, <laughs> but it, was, it wild. was just kind of like a war of, uh, of attrition and, for Yuri to be able to, to, to get to sub Glover, which I think, like you said, Bobby, seemed a very unlikely scenario going in. I have a lot of thoughts about Yuri not performing well in that fight at all and him making it more difficult on himself than maybe it needed to be. Um, but it was still an interesting
2: outcome, so I'm, I'm going to hedge that way. I think I had, like, Yuri by finish in the first three rounds, Yuri by knockout, Glover by decision, Glover by so many different bets. And, like, the one that it wasn't going to – when it was over, I'm like, fuck. Wow, okay. Um all right, card of the year, and I'm going to try to talk about the couple relevant fights from each of these ones that we put in the um in the uh thing here, I guess nominees for us at least. Um the Big British Party. That was UFC Fight Night Aspinall versus Volkov. Yet Aspen Note that in all these fights I'm mentioning the British guy fucking won. All right. Um a British person won. Um Aspinall Volkov happened. Arnold Allen Dan Hooker happened. Um Patty the Batty and Rodrigo Vargas. Molly McGann, that spinning backfist fight. Um, Gunnar Nelson took on Takashi Sato. Ilya Taporia fucking folded Jai Herbert up like a fucking lawn chair, as we mentioned. Um yeah, these are all on that fight card. UFC 275, uh Tashera and Glover main evented. I'm sorry, Tashera and Prohaska main evented. Valentina Santos, that super close fight. Whaley knocking out Yoanna. Uh, Jake Matthews, Andre Filo, uh, Jack De La Donna, and Ramazan Emiv. Yeah, other fights too. Um, Gone versus Nganu, pay per view. Gone versus Nganu, Figueroa Moreno three, I think. Right, probably that was this year. Three was this year. I don't think two is this here at all. Michelle Pajeda and Andre Fialo. Saeed Nurmagomedov and, and Cody Staman, uh on that card. Uh, UFC 271, banger between Adesanya and Whitaker. Toi Vasa knocking out Derek Lewis. Kanonier, uh knocking out Derek Brunson. Moicano loving money and choking out Alexander Hernandez. Bobby Reen winning over Nasrat Prost uh, Finally, UFC Fight Night, Cater versus Emmett. It's a badass fight between Calvin Cater and Josh Emmett. Um, Kevin Holland and Tim Means. Buckley uh, knocking out Albert Durayev. Um, Isma Gulov winning a split over Guram Kutatalatsi. Anyway, I said a lot of fights right there at once. Um, hopefully you at home have your own time to go into look into these ones. Um, I got the big British party. That was a lot of fun to watch, man. Everybody had a really good time. It really felt like we were looking at a dawn of a new era in British MMA. A lot of things coming together. Um, Especially with Aspinall. Aspinall coming back from injury is going to be a real interesting story this year, guys. Just saying. young British heavyweight looking awesome. For me, UFC Fight Night, Volkov versus Aspinall. Fight card of the year. Mark, what do you got?
1: Yeah, I'm on the same boat. It definitely seemed like one of those... uh... Cards were like the, the stars were kind of aligned for these guys to have victories to kind of push, you know, potentially what they would want to happen next. And, uh, it just turned out well, you know, it's like, it's like all the big stars that they wanted to win looked impressive. And it it was, it was a good night for those guys to really kind of take the mantle of potentially being, you know,
2: Europe's next big, big superstars right Uh, after the, you know, what, what kind of left. Think about this. They have this pay per view coming up in March, right? Molly's needs a break okay, Patty, I don't think he's going to fight on that card either, apparently, he wants a, he might need a, he might be a little hurt, feelings are injury-wise, possibly, Aspinall still hurt, they better fucking book this Leon Edwards and Usman fight, right, like, we're running out of British stars to be on this pay-per-view, you know, that they want to sell, you know, they're actually going to have a pay-per-view in the UK, and we don't got any, I mean, we're all assuming Usman versus Edwards, right, like, I. that's I don't know what else it would be. Uh, like, yeah,
1: I mean, it, I, I feel like that card is a little doomed because as, as well as this card kicked everything off and made all these, you know, potential fighters become maybe superstars, their preceding fights or lack thereof have hurt all of them in ways, right? I mean, obviously, Paddy's, you know, even though we even nominated him for Male Fighter of the Year and he still has a winning record, you know, I think his stock took a huge hit in his last fight leading up and the results of... Um, Molly lost her last fight, and, and again, like even Patty and Molly losing maybe isn't like the biggest, you know, surprise in the world. We, we knew they had particular ceilings that were going to be hard to overcome. um And then Aspinall's injured, so it's like, yeah, where do they pivot to make another big event? I would be hard pressed to think that event is going to have the kind
2: of good feel, fun vibe that this Wait, fight people the people wanted a stadium at first. So like, we'll put uh, Usman because it felt like we were gonna headed there because mm-hmm. like when Usman immediately when Usman lost the title to Edwards people are like fucking now's the time like we have all these young British dudes Patty mm-hmm. can sell uh, you know I think it was before Aspinall got hurt maybe or around the time but like they're like we're ready we can put all these dudes on pay-per-view and we main event Wembley with Leon and Usman you know a, a fucking British champion that would have been you know I mean I don't know mm-hmm. I mean I, I think I understood why they didn't do a stadium because they weren't going to fill it up you right. know I mean, they would have, but, like, that's a lot of seats. Stadium's a lot of fucking seats. Mike, what's your fight card of the year?
0: Yeah, so for me, it's going to be the one—oh, shit. I just realized you didn't even put that one in. The one we went to? Um, I was going to go with the one we went to. That's fine. Um, UFC, what was that? 281. Yeah. Yeah, 281 out of Sanya versus Pajeda. Mm-hmm. Uh, perhaps selfishly, but fuck it. This is our own personal yeah. uh, things. Um, it is a matter of monetary expectations actually being met because we bought those tickets right after I got my bonus and I literally forgot how much money we actually spent on it where I think in just just the haze of, like, having so much flush money, I was – I actually agree with, yeah, 600 Yeah, that makes perfect sense. $600 for, you know, a set of tickets to go to the UFC? Yeah, perfect. Makes total sense. And then come October when in a discussion, I think, with uh, Bobby and Phil or, you know, or – or, or he was on the podcast. Oh, it was on the yeah, podcast. Yeah, you realize yes. how
2: much we spent on the podcast. You're <laughs> like, Jesus Christ, What were we, what were we thinking? And my thought was, oh, my God, there's no
0: way this is going to, you know, be worth it. And it was an amazing card, um, in addition to the fact that just being there and the, the crowd was hyped, the crowd was amped. It was actually, I thought, a very good crowd, um, considering we're in New York. Uh, and the fights were very, very good as well. Um, you know, a lot of twists and, you know, the main event you know, offered up a lot of, uh, you know, historical, you know, you know, a lot of history for, for the UFC and uh, Pajeda becoming the new champ and the throning Izzy. For me, that was probably the most fun UFC card I think I've ever been to. Um, even considering the first UFC card I went to was, was a lot of fun. I think this one might edge it out.
2: And yeah, We had such a good time. We spent even more money in the way out the door. Just saying. Um, yeah, that was a good card, too. It wasn't as I was looking at rank, and not enough people had that higher up. I thought that was a really good card. Maybe because a lot of the undercard was also awesome. You know? I guess. got yeah, I mean, there. we got there. what, like three fights in? I think so. Um, but, like, it was pretty great. And then, like, main card was good, too, though. I think, like, how bad Hooker and Claud- Claudio Poullais was bum people out. I don't know what Puyas was doing in that fight. It was a terrible performance. Um, there was a lot of good cards this year. It helps when there's a crowd. Just throwing that out there. Helps well, when there's you. a crowd. That's why, honestly, I think Mark and I don't pick necessarily the same one. that was, get a good raucous crowd, man. It'll help carry you. Um, all right, finally, the most important category of the year, in my opinion. The fight of the year. Some nominees. Sumer Darji versus Schnell. A fight that happened, and Mark said to me, make sure you don't forget this fight when we do fight of the year. Moreno versus Figueroa, the third one. Brandon Moreno goes to Henry Cejudo, comes out. I mean, sorry, Figueroa goes to Henry Cejudo, comes out of the fight with a win. Fucking Cyril gone and Tai Tuivasa, and Tai Tuivasa, Tai Tuivasa putting up a far greater fight than anybody thought he would. Honestly, almost got him, almost got gone. Um, Angela Lee versus Zhang Jinan. Fucking these women beat the shit out of each other. It was awesome. Strongly recommend both of you gentlemen, because I don't think either of you watched it. Go find this. The one I love the one cards. Say that again. Um they should have a whole category for me, just best one card of the year. Because the first one on Prime was excellent, specifically. Um quite frankly, we all probably could have mentioned Demetrius Johnson's flying knee now that I think about it. Also, nominee. Um Francis Ngannou versus Cyril Ghan. S- Francis Ngannou figuring out he he has got a compromised leg and he's going to have to fucking wrestle the whole second half of that fight. Dustin Poirier and Michael Chandler, as advertised, beat the shit out of each other. Gilbert Burns and uh, Kamzat Chimeyev, the only competitive fight of Kamzat Chimeyev's career so far. Beat each other up. And then finally, Glover Teixeira, and Yuri Prohaska, the best UFC light heavyweight title fight since Jones and Gustafson. Probably. Um... I got that fight for me. Glover and Yeri, fucking incredible fight. I watched it again uh, this weekend. I watched Gilbert and Shmaev again. Um, I that was I, Glover and Yeri was incredible. And yeah, Gl- Yeri fought a lot of did a lot of stupid shit. Mark in that fight, he fought a lot. Interesting, really interesting way at times. And felt at times I'm like, how are you losing the striking exchanges here, Yeri? What are we doing here? Um, but that fight was incredible. Uh, My fight of the year, for sure. Mark, what's yours? Uh, Yeah, my fight. I mean, it was ever since I saw it, I was like, well, this is the
1: front runner. We'll see if anything can beat it. And nothing did in my eyes. And that was Chanel and, oh, boy. Sumadari. Darji, yeah. Um, And and like I said earlier with KO and submission, you know, for me, I I really want to – my pick, it's always going to be what I felt was – the best fight fight you know in and of itself regardless of titles or contention or whatever the case may be and i think a lot of fights on here were good fights that had some back and forth but this had the biggest back and forth and that's really for me like a good fight has that Where like i am i remember watching this fight and saying to myself like the referee's fucking up he should stop like he should stop sh- sh- uh chanel right now because he's taking way too many unanswered shots And, man, was I wrong because Chanel was able to pull out a massive uh, upset um, after, you know, eating as many shots as he did. And I I think for me, what really solidified it, I mean, even in my own eyes, I thought it was just an amazing fight and what a performance and what a comeback. Uh, But what really sold me, and, and I know Mike was just watching it, but I don't think Mike had the sound on, so he probably missed the selling point. There's a sound DC makes that is unhuman. In this fight, he starts squealing. He's literally squealing at what is happening on the screen. That is like, that is not something that he manifests out of him. This is not something that he knew after the KO, like, oh, we're going to have a gif with Joe Rogan. So let me do my big, oh, I can't believe it happened face. This was a completely natural, you know, unattainable squeal he made out of pure excitement and joy about what he was seeing and that kind of and uh, similarly to myself when I was watching I was like I was just in awe of what had happened and how this guy seemed to be able to turn the fight around and be able to win it but DC kind of audibly made that kind of confirmation in my head like yeah I'm with you DC that was insane that is like these are the reasons why I watch a sport is, is cuz you get moments like this where you really see two guys digging down deeper than a human should be able to, right? A person should not be able to take the shots that Chanel was and be able to do what he did, but he pulled it off off of sheer grit and determination, um,
2: and that's why it's my fight of the year. Marcus, good choice. Mike, what do you got?
0: For me, it's going to be, uh, man, this is, a, this is a fucking tough list. There was I've some good fights, this. guys.
2: There was a lot. Of, there was more and more. I think yeah. about it. There was this list could have gone a while. I was we thinking added about
0: three it. More, three more. I'm all right. About. All right. Gun in my head. I'm gonna go with Burns Chimaev. Oh,
2: that was good too. That's
0: and so good. <laughs> the reason why I'm going with Burns Chimaev is that before this fight, Chimaev was just a bearded boogeyman. Um, he hadn't truly been tested yet in the UFC. And halfway through this fight, this was a nut up or shut up fight for Chimeyev, where it was the toughest fight he's had in the UFC so far. And it showed us that, you know, he had the ability to get through some adversity and, you know, defeat a top five, a top five guy in his division. I
2: want to mention a couple other ones as we end this. Uh, Wonder Boy and Kevin Holland, the one they just had. That was pretty badass. Um Calvin Cater and Gigo Chikadze. That was a really good fight from the beginning of the year. It was good. I think we talked about how it's real early on and we're going to have to think about this fight maybe for fight of the year. Um, Sarukian and Gamrot. What a fucking master fight that was back in June. Um, Rob Font, Marlon Vera, another good one. Gaichi and Oliveira. Was Gaichi and Chandler also this year? No, right? That was last year, I think. Yeah, Gaichi and that's Oliveira, fun. though, kind of the same fight. Um, Peter Yan or Sean O'Malley was another good one. Fighters have gotten so good, man. Um, yeah. A lot of good fights. A lot of good fights. Well, it is Adesanya and Pajeda was a good fight. It was a really good fight also. Um, anyway. Um, yeah. That was our stuff for 2022. So, we don't, yeah. We've shared it down to six categories. Next year, next week, we are going to predict who is going to be the champion of each weight class by the end of 2023. And watch me just spit in the face of my Valentina Shevchenko fandom next week, folks. I'm carrying that flag for years on this podcast, but I think it ends this year, guys. I think it ends this year. There's a mean girl in New Jersey coming. A real mean girl from New Jersey coming. She's uh- co- elmwood new jersey if i'm right i think that's where aaron blanchfield and aaron blanchfield is terrifying <laughs> blanchfield is coming <laughs> for that title um all right let's do stuff we like um this is a piggyback of what mike did i think last week did you talk about the recruit last week mike or the week before
0: i did talk about the the recruit
2: last and week. and you said it wasn't that you liked it you said you just started watching it i think as well you weren't sure if you liked it right I had watched about three
0: episodes, uh, and I did say, I did promise that I would come back and give you a final assertion as to whether I liked it or not. However, I haven't watched another episode okay. of it. So, so I watched I two know.
2: episodes, all right? Okay. And I got a couple thoughts, and I want to get your, this. we can continue the conversation here for people who are watching this show. And this isn't that spoilerific, because quite frankly, I lost what was happening towards the end of the second episode, because I zoned out. I am not clear with this, Mike, how serious I'm supposed to take this show because it feels cartoonish, their portrayal of the CIA's inner workings. I, can you, I'm not trying to be funny. It, it I is, legitimately it how is serious more is it? comedy. Yeah,
0: like it's a very lighthearted take on the CIA, it seems, even though in the first episode they do rip out a dude's uh, fingernail.
2: It very much feels like they did. It's like It feels like a network show. It feels like a CBS sh- show, right? Like an NCIS, right? It feels like that type of show, except they're saying fuck and there's some violence on like like fingernails like that type type of thing. You know what I'm saying? You get the vibe I'm going with here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, I get you. And it kind of like it also felt like a like a network show where it's just like, all right, this pretty Zach Efron looking motherfucker is the star, right? Um Noah Sent Centinino? Sentino Centino? Centenino, that's the kid's name, I think. Um he lives with his cute ex-girlfriend and his gay black best friend. And it really felt like that was the network TV bingo card we were playing at there. like, all right, we gotta make, who do we not want to piss off? Okay.
0: And they're all lawyers. So
2: yeah, they're all lawyers, you know? Um, I'll say this though, um, it made me think like, I thought they were trying to do like a Jack Ryan type show. And then I was just like, oh, this isn't that. And then I was just like, you know, I haven't watched the Jack Ryan show on Amazon Prime. I should just watch that. Because I was a big fan of the Jack Ryan movies. So I'm probably honestly, I'm probably going to watch that. Um, Because this football game is ending with me missing all those bets. No points are scored in this game, Mike. Betting the over was a mistake. Anyway, I watched The Recruit. I don't think it's bad. I just think it's... I don't know. I watched two episodes. I really don't want to watch more. I'm just going to be honest. That's pretty much it. Did you watch Black Adam? That's my question before you do stuff you're like. Did you watch it yet? I have not watched Black Adam.
0: Um, I was hoping I mean, you did. <laughs> but, I didn't. I I didn't hear good things about the show, so why would I? I mean, I, about the movie, so why would I?
2: I mean, that has stopped you with a lot of stuff you watch, buddy.
0: Uh, but you see, I organically normally come to watch those shows. Big difference.
2: Fair enough. But yeah, uh, I watched The Recruit like Mike. Not saying I liked it. I thought it was okay. I just it feels like a network TV procedural to me.
0: You You know what that show is. uh. It's perfect for this. It's perfect for as I was watching it, you put it on, you clean your kitchen, maybe you do some dishes, maybe you're priming your kitchen from an awful garish. Oh, so you don't know what's sun, going on either. Like sunlight, okay. You zoned out properly. Yellow <laughs>
2: color to a white, right? Perfect for that. Yeah. So you lost a plot a little bit too then, right? Towards the end, because they were just talking people were just talking for a while this episode. <laughs> just those last. Episode. There was. There was a certain there was a, about half of an episode
0: where I just don't know what happened yeah. because I was painting the back of my fridge. Right. And like I kind of I kind of had to do like a little shimmy to get to the back of the fridge because, Bobby, as you've been there, I have a very tiny kitchen. Yeah. Right. So I put my uh my little like, you know, painting tray <laughs> right up, propped up on the sink while watching the recruit. It was on top of my fridge. And guess what happens next, all right? A plot twist happens. The goddamn pail of paint falls on the goddamn floor, and I curse at the top of my lungs, and then I got to spend 45 minutes to an hour just sopping up white
2: paint. could have had white so paint I don't know, know what floors. happened on the rest of the Recruit. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, I thought it was – my friend asked me if it was like a play on the, the Recruit movie. There was a movie in the 2000s with uh, with Colin Farrell. I didn't see it, but I was looking at the plot, and I'm like, oh, he's not a lawyer. Nope, not the same show. Um, anyway, what do you got this week, Mike, besides your painting adventures?
0: Ooh. Um, so what I have this week – ah, man, I just had the news article up. Uh, well, so what I have this week is just general lying from our politicians – And in particular, the politician that I'm referring to is a representative-elect Santos from New York. I'm going to assume he's from Long Island or something. Uh, It was found out that he lied about pretty big portions of the things that he stumped on. Um, Like going to college? Well, I think he went to college. Uh, he just didn't graduate. He said yes. he was a graduate from Baruch College, which is a university here in New York City, which primarily it's a, it's a business college. Um, my, my mentee is actually attending Baruch now is a junior. So it's a, it's a pretty good college if you just want to stay in the city and you want to get a really good business administration or, or accounting degree. He didn't do either of those things, so he never actually graduated from there. And he also talked about that he worked for Goldman Sachs, which he did not work for Goldman Sachs. What he did was that he worked for a consulting firm, which put him in Goldman Sachs, which for those of you that have worked consulting, those are two very different things. Um, And I won't lie and say that at dinner parties – When people ask, oh, for where have you worked? I said, oh, I worked a year at Morgan Stanley. I didn't work a year at Morgan Stanley. I worked for a consulting firm, which put me at Morgan Stanley. But I'm also not running for, you know, the United States Congress. So he's still going to get elected, but it's still funny to see him just get embarrassed and, you know, actually have to answer questions on this.
1: Marcus. Yeah, not too much. Uh did watch the new Knives Out movie, Glass Onion. Um and really enjoyed it. I had seen the previous one and I think it's kind of fun if this is going to be like they said it is going to be like a ongoing series of like um this detective taking on different cases and stuff. I thought this one was was a pretty fun outing. If if only because it was it's maybe the only movie or even televised show that i've seen that has taken place during the pandemic and was really like played into the storyline of like these people like the detective being all cooped up and he wanted to get out like i just i haven't really seen a lot of media that have has been placed in like 2020 or after where like the pandemic was like somewhat i mean not like a huge point but it's just like this movie takes place in 2020 during the pandemic and some scenes they have people with masks on in the background um in and of itself i thought it was fun I still like the first Knives Out Mystery more. I did think this one was kind of, I mean, even it kind of becomes kind of jokish towards the end. But it was still an entertaining ride. I do hope they kind of continue on the series. I do think it's been fun um, to have like almost like the Sherlock Holmes, Columbo type character to continue on. Outside of that, I have started watching the new season of Letter Kenny. This is on Hulu. It actually just came out today or yesterday when you guys are listening to this um i've really enjoyed letter kenny i mentioned it on the show a number of times uh earlier this year they did have a spin-off series called uh shorzy which i actually enjoyed more and i do kind of hope that season or that that series does get picked up for a second season because i would love to see what they do there but letter kenny in and of itself is a very entertaining fun show and now that it's on its 11th season um, i do recommend it there's you know quite a bit of episodes you can watch if you haven't started yet on hulu um unfortunately hulu is the only place that i know that streams it and maybe if you pay that high premium you can have it not have commercials which i think would be much more enjoyable but even watching it with the commercials here and there I- i've still enjoyed watching i think like the episode or two of season 11 that we have watched so far so yeah that's what i out this week
2: all right we will be back next week. Um, make our predictions for who is going to be champions in 2023. Um, see uh, if anything cool comes out of this Bellator and Rising card. Yeah. You know, maybe we'll mention... No, we're not going to mention New Japan. I'm not paying for that. These, these All these cards they run in Japan... The time difference with Japan is rough. Watching anything. Uh, just fucking rough. I mean, it's a little better on the East Coast, a little better because like you could just wake up super early and watch something, but like it's like shit starts at like two a.m.
0: for us. <laughs> I mean, you could you could just be on like the Rock schedule for for like a day. You know, I mean, he'd be waking up at like two a.m. to go work out. You can't do that. Like you can't wake up at two a.m. to just sit in your bed and watch some TV. And he's out there out here doing hack squats. Come on, bro. No, I can't do that.
2: Rock should. I need to take. If I get rock supplements,
0: you know, it's called steroids.
2: Yeah. When do I? When do I go to the doc? I'm. I'm. I'm turning 37. When I go to the doctor and he says you can get you on that fucking TRT, huh? When are we doing that? When am I gonna get jacked? Huh? I would
0: totally do TRT. I'm waiting for I him just to think ask. It's
2: very expensive. I'm just waiting for him. I'm getting good insurance. I got a. I got a gold insurance. Come on, man. Let's go. Let's get uh, doctor Roberts. Let's write that hypo- prescription.
0: Hypothetical. Someone tells you, yo. Here's some steroids. There's gonna be no ill effects, right? You mean HGH yeah, you're, then? Yeah, you doing it,
2: right? Like, yo, when the doctor uh, doctor offers the TRT, it's gonna happen, and I'm gonna say, yo, can I get the uh, the generic? <laughs> save that let's get that copay, let's get the bills so, down a little bit.
0: So, Mark, when Bobby starts walking into the office with no with no shirt, just oiled up shaved just dick root all over the place just
1: just an eight pack why why,
2: why am i just this person then if i become just jack i mean also his
1: premise here was that if he got trt then he'd be willing to wake up at 2 a.m to watch fights in his bed so i don't i don't see this this scenario where he now has a six pack. (laughs)
0: side note if i ever have a six if i have a six pack or an eight pack i'm never wearing a shirt Okay, just, Mr. New York, where it's
2: freezing, but you do you. I was gonna say, isn't it like wear, ten degrees outside?
0: <laughs> I'll do like the Inuit do, and I'll just slather on like a nice layer of like whale blubber to keep me warm. I'll find a way. I'll find a way to not wear a
1: shirt. Fair enough. I feel like this is the problem. We will not have to really worry about yeah, this... ever.
2: No offense, but. <laughs> All together, I'll just put this out there. If they want to offer me the testosterone, I don't know how old I gotta be, but once he does, I'm gonna say, yeah. Uh, let's do it. Let's. Joe Rogan <laughs> started when he was like 37, 38, so there you go. That's okay. Well, maybe I'm not looking to that guy as my, you know, as my general path to life, you know, happiness and, you know, <laughs> my mentor. <laughs> okay. Um, Alright, we we'll We're back next week to make our predictions for 2023. Uh, we're gonna pick all the champions and we're gonna make one bold claim. You know, uh, who's going to be the one that claims we're going to have a dual champion? And by dual champion, I mean a UFC champion and a Dana White Power Slap champion. <laughs> yeah, right? now we're talking. The White Power Slap champion, all right? I was going to keep adding that white at the beginning. It definitely helps the name. You know, <laughs> that's definitely it. <laughs> um, until next week, uh, that was Dr. Law. That was Kit Present there was no kid presentable kid presentable wow. by the way tex- kid presentable texted me during this and i'm like he doesn't know this is literally the time we record oh, what he's forgotten already
0: um, i mean in, fa- in fairness when he was recording see seems that's how you
2: would forget this is the time we record <laughs> that's a fair assessment um all right until next week i was dr law that was dj mark and that was lavender gooms see y'all next week peace out See ya. bye
0: so Elon Musk's uh, baby mama says that his two-year-old son can identify obscure rocket design. Little
2: look look at little look at me, Louie. That's what I think. I mean, great. Good for him. The Tesla stock price is cratering right now. You can get eight grand off that car if anybody needs one. Oh, the two-year-old also shadows engineering and strategy meetings. Whoa, yeah, he's, well, gonna
0: in a ther- he's gonna be the therapist. He's gonna be a therapist soon. <laughs> Thank you all. See y'all next week. Bye. Peace.